This podcast is brought to you by ChasingRoos.com, the online store for international rugby league fans. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos slash Jillaroos today because we have got absolutely everything to think that we didn't have international footy for so long and now we've got it coming out of our ears. There's more international footy than we can fit in. We're going to race through it. We've got four men's games. We've got a women's game. We've got women's state of origin. We've even got a couple of games that have already happened that we're going to talk about. First up, we need a panel to talk about them and you can probably guess that we've got the big guns out. We have got the kangaroo chaser in chief, the Tony Soprano of international footy. That means that you're the boss, not that you kill all who oppose you. I think that makes me Christopher Maltasanti, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's Michael Carboni. Carbs, how are you? Good, mate. I love, uh, as always, as I always tell you, I love it when you're hosting, not because it means I don't have to do any prep, uh, but also because uh, I think you're a better host than me. And now a third reason tonight I'm actually not feeling well, so my voice, I don't know, it's a bit croaky, so I'll let you do the hosting work tonight and, and, and sit along and listen, mate. It's fan- fantastic to, to be here with you. Well, I'll tell you what, if there's one thing the NRL doesn't need, doesn't need it's another croaker, right? We counted a Lachlan, a Matt, Jared, <laughs> David, Michael. We don't need more croakers. Um, what would the kangaroo chaser-in-chief be without the Jillaroo chaser-in-chief? The best chaser of Jillaroo since Emma Tanagato pulled down Jess Surges in the NRLW. It's Mary Katsantopoulos. Mary, you're always welcome to the show. Mike, thank you. That was the best introduction. And I have to say, I'm really glad you went with Emma Tanagato because I was a bit worried when you were going down the Sopranos route because there weren't many successful women in that show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did pick an Italian-Australian, I suppose. I think she's Italian. Um Okay, right. The only way that we can do this, there's so much stuff, but the only way we can do it, I think, and do it all justice, is to do it in day order. Good idea. So we're just going to go through in the order that they're going to happen, um, confusingly ending with games that have already happened at the end. But games, let's preview. It's Pacific Test. It's women's origin. There are internationals in the Northern Hemisphere. There's New Zealand v Tonga, men's and women's. We're going in date order, so let's talk about the biggest of them all, which is Lebanon v Malta yeah. in Belmont on Wednesday night. I do, I, I'm kind of joking here because that is a big game and I'm, I can go, I will be going. However, Lebanon have done been very helpful by not naming a team. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, I've seen the Malta team, Mike, but I haven't seen the Lebanese team yet. I, was, I thought you might have been onto it, but I, I haven't found uh, it anywhere. So they've just put up, I went and looked thinking that they can't not have put up a team because they're in camp. But they, they put up loads of videos of people saying, like, come on, Lebanon, with yeah. Robbie Farrer and Jacob Karaz, uh, Michael Jacob, the coach, all these people. But crucially, not really anyone who might be playing for them. I'm assuming Jacob Karaz, given he played for the Bulldogs on Sunday. Unless probably Robbie, not. Unless Robbie probably. Farrer comes out of retirement for one night only. I've seen oh, him man, jogging would... around Abbotsford, and he's still much fitter than I've ever been, so he could do it. Well, you know, he was carrying the water for the West Tigers until very recently. He's now moved upstairs into the box since their unpleasantness. But this is not an NRL pod. This is an international footy pod. I'm assuming he's not playing. He's on the coaching staff. Uh, Lebanon, please, if you listen to this, tell us who the team is. By the time this is released, the game might be 
almost kicked off, or by the time people were listening, they may already know the result. So, well, if you if you're hey, oh, for Malta, they've picked Tyler Castle, who I saw play for the Bears on Saturday night. It's quite good. Very stupid hair. Jared Summit, what's some of the stupidest hair in the history of rugby league? Um, so they've got a pretty good team. I mean, Tyler Castle playing near the World Cup. He was very good in the game that they played against Macedonia earlier in the year. So, yeah, it's on KO if you're in Australia. I don't think it's on Foxtel, but it is on KO. So if you're in the Belmore area or somewhere in Western Sydney, go watch it. I imagine the food would be good. Um, and if you're not, then watch it on TV. Anyway, we move from Wednesday to Friday. Women's Origins on Friday. Mary Kay, you are going to Women's Origin. It's in Canberra. You think it's going to be cold. I don't think anything in Australia is cold. What are you expecting? To be cold, Mike. That's what I'm <laughs> expecting. No, I am so excited. I obviously didn't get to the last Women's State of Origin because it was on the Sunshine Coast, and from memory, we were actually in lockdown. Uh, this game is one of my favourite nights of the year. I love the women's sport community and how everyone gets around this game. And I'm very much hoping we can storm the field at the end of the game, as has been tradition, I think, at almost every women's state of origin so far. Well, I mean, you know, it has been some, some, something of a vogue this year in uh, Australian sports is running on the field. So I hope that you are not the only one who's getting chased off by the stewards at the end, <laughs> telling, uh, telling various NRLW players that you actually do know them. But so... This is It's a pretty interesting squad, actually, that we've seen for this because there's obviously a lot of names that people will recognise and a couple of names that people who don't... Maybe people who don't watch the NRLW... I know, for example, people in the Northern Hemisphere maybe didn't get the NRLW, but they will get Women's Origin on TV. So who are the new names? I have foreshadowed Emma Tonegato, but who are the new, game, new names that people should be looking out for? Yeah, so you touched on Emma Tonegato for the New South Wales Blues, which is a great call, Mike, because Ivania Pilite has also been named for the Queensland Maroons. Now, for people that didn't get the chance to watch much NRLW this year, these two are both women that have represented Australia at sevens and have won Olympic gold medals. They were absolute standouts in the NRLW this year, and I'm really looking forward to that fullback battle. What's also really interesting is that if you talk to any women in either squad, both mention Vani and Emma as players to look out for because they talk about Origin just being the next level of intensity up and the importance of sort of winning every single moment. And they think that players like Vania and Emma can help them do that given that they've had that international experience. Uh, so they're two that you absolutely have to watch. And then there are a couple of other uh, debutantes, which is really exciting for New South Wales. Rachel Pearson from the St. George Illawarra Dragons will be playing in the halves. And while she's not a debutante, Kira Dib will be joining her as 5'8". Kira hasn't actually played at a representative level for quite some time, but has been in standout form, particularly for the Bears in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. So I'm really, really excited to see her get her opportunity. Mike, I realise I've just rambled. Do you want to ask me another question? Uh, no, no, that's good. That's good. So I think for me, it's actually been a theme for a lot of these is that obviously the, up until this year, the Broncos were by far the best team in the NRLW. And then you've got Millie Boyle, who, was, who you know, joined Dally M Player of the Year for the Broncos. Plays for, I think she's the only one who plays for New South Wales. So seeing her go up against the Queensland players that, you know, who play for the Broncos was always one of the highlights. But I feel like now... Now that we have more teams in the NRLW, we're getting a, a little bit more of that. We've got Titans players, we've got Broncos players, we've got 
I mean, you mentioned Pearson there, who's such an amazing goal kicker in the NRLW. I think that could be really crucial, right? Because it's typically a low-scoring game. That's correct, Mike. And I know when I spoke to you earlier about who we thought might make their debut, you were really excited about Rachel because she does have an outstanding boot. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Dragons were so successful in the NRLW. Uh, one player I also want to shout out to, Sam Bremner has been named as a reserve for New South Wales. She's returning after having her second child. So I'm really, really excited to see her back in sky blue, as well as Caitlin Johnson, who will be making her debut for New South Wales. And there are a couple of players in the team really excited about seeing her play too. And obviously this is down in Canberra, right? So we've had, I, I have to say, I'm a little bit disappointed that it's not a North Sydney Oval because it's one of my favourite grounds. But you've previously expressed the opinion to me in the past that it's too big for North Sydney Oval now, which is good. And... Are you, what are we expecting from as an event in Canberra? Because Canberra doesn't get, typically doesn't get games like this. So it should be a pretty big deal, you would hope. I'm hoping so, Mike. And I was a little bit lazy. I left getting my tickets to uh, late last week. And it's looking like a lot of the lower seating close to the field is sold out, which is really exciting. And, I mean, Mike, I love North Sydney Oval as well. It is such a great place to watch footy. But the last time Women's Origin was there... They ran out of food and people were actually leaving the ground to go across the road to the pub to go to the toilet. So whilst I would love Women's Origin to be there all the time, I think we have outgrown it, which is awesome. I wonder whether the next step in Sydney, perhaps, is somewhere like a Combank Stadium. Oh, do you know, I thought exactly that on uh, Saturday night. I was sat there and I said, oh, I, can't, I can't wait for the moment when Women's Origin's there. Obviously, you've been to the Parramatta Games there. Um, one of the big outs, actually, we spoke about this before, which was... Obviously, Pearson's coming in at seven. Maddie Studden, who's, I'd say she's the most famous out, who's played a lot against New South Wales in the past, certainly played last year and was seen as not being quite up to that standard now. So do you think, obviously, Queensland's advantage previously has been Brigginshaw and, and having that, they might have not had the best seven team, but they had the best halves. And that's, it could be the challenge again for New South Wales, right? Because there again, this is going to be a new half, a new halfback pairing. Correct, Mike. But I suppose what's interesting about Ali Brigginshaw at seven, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't she play quite a lot of lock for the Brisbane Broncos in this NRLW season? I think she did, yeah. I think she did. Well, more on that as a foreshadowing later for uh, I have a theory about this, but I will oh. give it to you later. Okay. Okay. The Raw's tactical, tactical uh, mind will be taking on women's rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other thing I think as well is that the what what we saw with the NRLW this year is that when you got Jess Sergis and Isabel Kelly on the same team, on the same field at the same time, which wasn't always the case, and unfortunately Corbin Baxter, who was the sort of the other X factor on the Roosters team, is not going to play on the Friday night. But that was the big thing that not many teams could deal with. They're going to line up for New South Wales. Yeah, they certainly are. The backs are really exciting, but I've got to say, Mike, I'm also really excited about the forward battle. I mean, you've got the likes of Millie Boyle and Hannah Southwell. And without being too crude, we saw them put so many players on their backsides this season. They'll be coming up against the likes of Tasman Gray, Talisha Harden. And I have to mention Steph Hancock, who's coming off the bench. Steph is playing in her 17th State of Origin series, which I just think is absolutely incredible. And this is a woman that has seen the evolution of State of Origin from, you know back when it started to where it is now. So it'll be a special night for her. And she has told me that if she scores a try, that we are in for a really special celebration. She doesn't know what it is yet, 
but she's told me there will be one. Well, she had a bit of a knack of it, if I remember right, in the NRLW as well. She scored a few tries, which for a front rower is not necessarily what you might expect. Correct. And I remember her just after one of them, she got the ball and just kicked it as hard as she could into the ground. She said she doesn't know why she did that. She was just a little bit excited. Well, well if you want more Women's Origin content, I will be doing that for, I will be covering that for the Raw to plug my own business. And Mary, you'll be doing you'll be doing a wrap-up for us. You've got some interviews ready to go, so all your Women's Origin stuff is on the Raw because no days are. Um, <laughs> we, move, we move on to Saturday, I guess it'll be Saturday lunchtime, our time, which is the Kiwi Ferns against Tonga in Auckland. So this is, we're going to get the Kiwi Ferns, and then we're going to get the Kiwi against Mate Ma'a Tonga afterwards in the men's. Now, the Kiwi Ferns haven't played a game for a very long time. In, I don't, I don't think Tonga have ever played a game you, I'm about to be corrected, I know, but they certainly haven't played a game of this magnitude, right? No, certainly not. And I'm trying to work out whether Tonga have had the opportunity to play against the Kiwi Ferns. I don't know. Michael? MC? I am just uh, ferociously Googling right now because I feel like I feel like last time the Kiwis played might have been against Samoa. Uh, yes, I think it was. I think they played Samoa, but again, that wasn't the same. It's a lot of, as is often the case. I'm pretty sure the Samoa team they played is not, it wouldn't be that representative of the Samoa that could be put on the field, put it that way. The same with Tonga, because if you look at the players, so there's a couple of names that I think we would recognize um, in the Tonga squad before we move on to the Kiwis, which is, I mean, particularly Tegan Dimmock, um, mm-hmm. who, fun facts I learned, Jim Dimmock, obviously had her dad is the assistant coach and the, co- the actual head coach is Milton Dimmock, who is her mm-hmm. uncle. So the Dimmock's taking over Tongan Rugby League like it's 2001. <laughs> um, I was also Natasha Penetani, the sister of Tiana, who's going to play for New South Wales on the wing, I think. Um, also, I think Sayamama Taufa is also Tongan. So you think if Tonga actually put a team... You know, if there was a Jason Tamalolo moment in the Tonga team, there was actually Anna Tamalolo playing for Tonga. Mm-hmm. No, not sure if any relation or not. Let, Must be. I'm hoping yeah. she is. You can't have a Tonga without a Tamalolo. Mike, I've just picked it that up here as well. The last time the Ferns faced Tonga was 14 years ago. Uh, so that was wow. in the 2008 Rugby League World Cup. I think uh, the Ferns won by 40 points that day. Um, and the last time these two nations played was 2020. Uh, the Ferns did play Fetu Samoa, as we guessed. Um, they won 28-8, to eight, and Tonga had a very dominant performance against Nui, 66-8. I think what I find really exciting about this Tongan squad is that there are several players that people will be familiar with from the NRLW. You've already touched on Tegan Dimmick, and as a Parramatta fan, I obviously know who Jim Dimmick is and have very <laughs> fond memories of him playing. Uh, China Pallada as well has played for the Brisbane Broncos. And then Selly Mailangi played for Parramatta and Amelia Murphy has also played in the NRLW. So you've got a real mix of those players from the NRLW and then the players that have familial connections. So I'm really excited to see this team play uh, and I'm excited to see them come up against the Kiwi Ferns who also have a number of recognisable faces. Well, let's go straight to the familial connections because there's... Uh, Roxy Murdoch Masilla is playing for them, who is Ben's wife, who used to play touch footy with my brother in Leeds when he played for um, <laughs> played in the Super League, they had a little touch footy team, um, who apparently were very, very good, uh, better than who my brother was playing for. There is both the McGregor, uh, McGregor sisters, uh, who've been playing against each other in the NRLW, but will play together for New Zealand. 
There is Aneta Nuasala, who I think is related to Frank Paul the Wrecking Ball, um, formerly Wigan, and other teams in Australia who aren't as important. Uh, there's also Autumn Rain Steve, Stevens Daly, my favourite name in rugby league, I think, <laughs> who um, who was pretty impressive. I think in the uh, she played in the Maori All Stars game. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember her scoring mm-hmm. a couple of tries. Crystal Rota, who a lot of people who watch NRLW will know. Yep. I've just written in my notes, it's a bloody good team. <laughs> it is a bloody good team. And you haven't even shouted out, um, Mike, to my favourite player in this team, not to show any bias. Oh, actually, I'm about to make the wrong decision. Look, I love Georgia Hales. Can I just say it? I adore Georgia Hales. So Georgia plays for the Gold Coast Titans in the NRLW She moved over here to get more footy experience and to join her partner who plays for the Titans men's team. Uh, I also love Nita Maynard who played for the Parramatta Eels in this year's NRLW. There are just some really exciting players in this team. You've touched on many of them, Mike, but also many people will recall Ngatoku Toru Arakua who played for the Newcastle Knights in the NRLW. Nice work with the pronunciation Uh, there, Mary. uh, Yeah, Mary has been doing the (laughs) course with Ngoa Project and... and Really, that is, I have to say that I love her. I saw her play against the Sydney Roosters, the Newcastle Knights, and she was all aggression all the time. I was very impressed with her, and I'm happy that you pronounced her name because I certainly would do it wrong, and I wouldn't be able to do it justice, and you've put the work in. Thank you. I can give you all a quick lesson if you want. Go on. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, go this for is it. what we need all in right, person, so very, very quickly, what I've learned as part of this course, as well as many other things, and you should all do the course, is that... It's not like English where vowels can sound differently. Basically, the vowels in all our Pacifica friends' um, languages are a, e, i, o, u, and it will always sound the same. That's good to know. As a German speaker, everything in German always sounds pretty much exactly as it looks, so that does help quite a lot of the time, because in England, it's English, it definitely doesn't. And try that, try that, and you'll start to hear actually now names being pronounced incorrectly. So um, I apologise in advance. All right, R A E O U. Let's do it. Correct, correct. Let's do it. <laughs> well, to for to foreshadow, there will be uh, a also an article going on the road this week with John Nullivar, not pronounced Gallivar, Nullivar, and uh, Shani Stowers from I think she's at the Roosters NRLW from a lovely conference that I attended in may about exactly this sort of stuff so watch the raw for that um and hopefully i'll get better at pronouncing names in the future and let's just say i'm thankful i'm a writer and not a commentator um let's move on to the kiwis against matima tonga which is happening afterwards i just put what a game cabs go for it mate this is the pinnacle of rugby league i mean i've said it last week and i joke it's i joked about it i mentioned that uh I made a post on Twitter about how big this game is and how, you know, for me it's the pinnacle of rugby league. I had a lot of uh, a lot of people agree with me and a hell of a lot of people disagree with me, but I don't care. For me, this is the one I'm looking forward to. It's New Zealand versus Tonga. We've been waiting years for this rematch. Um, I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. And and the the sides that have been named or the the squads that have been named, of course, at the time of recording, I don't think the the sides have been named yet, but. Um, both of these squads incredibly strong, and I just can't wait. I think this game's yeah. I mean, the squads are unbelievable, right? And this is not including several players from who play who will play Origin who are not going to play in this game. I yeah. think Sia Sifatalaka has been named for New South Wales. Daniel Tupu's going to play for New South Wales, who would obviously play for Tonga in the World Cup. But even with that, it, I think this is an interesting one because if you look at the 
the spine for the Kiwis yeah. is frightening. If they've got Dylan Brown, Jerome Hughes, Brandon Smith, and Joey Manu at fullback, but then I think the odd, all the non-spine players are probably better for Tonga. I think the spine is all Kiwis. If you're picking a composite 17, I'm doing hand gestures here. <laughs> you can't see it. Um, if you picked a composite 17, you pick all the Kiwis spine, but then you might be struggling to get the rest of them in because it'd all be Tongans. The Kiwis spine is a potential World Cup winning spine. Like, it is incredible. It's right, right on par with the Aussies. Um, and I just think... It's amazing to me that the Kiwis are so flying under the radar heading into this World Cup. I mean, everyone's talking about the Kangaroos, how how dominant we expect them to be. England are the home team. Everyone's talking Tonga because of what they did last time. But no, everyone seems to have forgotten New Zealand. And you look at that spine and you think, this is a team that can do it. I think they're going to be too strong for, for, for Matema Tonga this weekend. And, and mainly because, you know, this is probably a full-strength strength Kiwi side. Whereas Tonga, they're probably missing a couple of Super League players. And, and you look at that, the Tonga spine, you, you know, I don't, I don't even think it's that big a deal, but you look at the Tonga spine and you've got, you know, you'll probably have, I guess we've got Katoni Staggs who can play at 5'8". Um, you could, you've also got um, Olakawatu who could play 5'8". Talatau Amon will probably play halfback, um, even though he's probably more used, suited to 5'8". I'm not sure who's going to be lining up at fullback here looking at the squad. Usually Tessie New, who's played fullback, in the past, I think he's injured, so it's not, it's not. You haven't got a, a usual, a usual spine here, but we've seen Tonga in the past win against the Kangaroos, win against the Kiwis, and win, win against Great Britain with players that aren't used to playing in the halves, for example. So, in the, on this occasion, I'm not sure it matters. Um, I think New Zealand will be too strong, but it's one of those. For me, it's like an origin situation. You know, New South Wales are the favourites every year but Queensland do it on passion it could be exactly like that here this weekend with Kiwis I think on paper definitely the favourites but Mate Matonga you know they're going to have the crowd behind them it's going to be a packed house in Auckland and it's going to be a sea of red singing hymns for the whole game I wouldn't be surprised if they got the upset yeah I think do you know I think it's actually going to be Tolo Kula from Manly who's been playing in the um, centres for Manly but he came through the grades as a fullback and I think he's going to play fullback um, who I, I think I don't know if you've ever seen him play, but if you have, you'll have heard that the, his mother was a Tongan sprinting champion. His dad went to the Olympics for Tonga, so he's he, he's rapid. He's very very fast. Yeah, there you go. Um, he has been he has been playing the centres, and I'm not sure he can tackle, but it won't be a problem if he plays fullback. But um, and I think Isaiah Katoa, who is playing in the lower grades at Penrith, but assigned to the Dolphins for next year. Anyway, I think he's going to play seven. Yeah, yeah, he's a half. He did get injured. He was a, it was a controversy because he basically he got he signed to the Dolphins because he couldn't see how he was ever going to get the Penrith team, and then they they dropped him because he signed for the Dolphins. It turned out he was injured. Well, someone at Penrith told me he was injured. But you look at their their back row of Kalamatangi, Tupunua, Olakowatu, Tamalolo, Panga Junior, <laughs> Takeaho, Fanua Blake. Tatola, like it's pretty good. Um, it doesn't really matter if they've got any halfbacks because they're just going to pick. They could pick an entire team of forwards and probably be the third or fourth in the world. Well, like um, I said, some of those big guys can play halfback and they do okay in games like this. So it, look, it's it hasn't been an issue for Tonga over the last few years, and it, it, you know I doubt it will be a massive issue. They, they, look between between um, 
Isaiah Katoa from the Panthers, as you mentioned. Talatawa Moan has been has been good for the Dragons. I have been watching him closely this year, obviously. And, um, you know, it would be interesting to see him potentially steering this side around when usually he's got Ben Hunt standing next to him. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes, but very much a running half himself. So there's a lot of strike in this Tongan side. Yeah, certainly it's going to be very, very exciting. It's good that you can get in a Dragons player from time to time. <laughs> um, I will point out, Kula does play for Manly, who are behind Dragons. But we would beat you if we played you tomorrow. That's what I think. Anyway, uh, Mary, Dylan Brown is the new messiah. And um, he's going to be, he's gonna be playing Parramatta. Uh, play Parramatta playing, he's going to play Parramatta all the time. He's going to be playing for New Zealand. This is actually going to be his test debut. So how excited are you to see him run around in the, uh, in the famous black jersey? I am really excited, Mike. And I think part of the reason is that I think Dylan was a little bit criticised. Last year, um, I thought he had a strong season for Parramatta. I knew he had improvement in him, but people seemed, I thought, unnecessarily critical. This year, I would say he has been one of Parramatta's best. I've loved watching how strong he is in defence, and I love watching him break the line as well. He's not big, but he's extremely strong, and I think he absolutely deserves this debut, and I can't wait to watch him. Mary Dylan Brown, and, uh, Dylan Brown and Jerome Hughes, like that's like mm-hmm. that has to be like the form halves combination. Like, uh, is there a better halves combo in the NRL if, with, with these two here? Well, this is the thing, and, and we'll chat about it as we get closer to the World Cup. Australia have a lot of choices in that position, but that's pretty strong for the Kiwis. You know what? I just realised as I said it, Munster and Cleary. That's pretty like that's pretty strong. Like, we, well, does Cleary get selected? Oh, he's had one bad Origin game, but you, look, I'm sure he's going to redeem himself. If we were talking Origin tonight, which we're not, I'm sure he's going to redeem himself this weekend. But it's not so much that Cubs. I just wonder. DC is the incumbent, mm. and we know that Mal is. Um, he's what's the word for it? He's very loyal. Um, so I'm really curious to see what happens when we get towards the back end of the year and, and World Cup squads start getting names. Mm, very interesting. We we're getting a bit we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. We are not talking <laughs> about October. We are talking about Saturday at 5:40 p.m. <laughs> where we will get Samoa against the Cook Islands. Now, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to throw this out to, but the current form edge of the NRL is Isaac Tago and Taylor May for. Um, for the Penrith Panthers, they will be lining up together for Samoa in Campbelltown and Christ above, they could be very good. Josh Schuster, speaking of uh, big bo- big bones people playing in the halves, Josh Schuster will be playing at six, as he's been doing for Manly the last two weeks during Origin. Anthony Milford, apparently, is going to be on the bench. Marty Powell, Duff Sickley. They've actually got four of the... Uh, three of the four props are going to be manly players, which is um, quite unusual. Can you tell and, that? Yeah. Can you tell that you're a manly fan? Mary's a para fan, and I'm a dragons fan. Just, just the <laughs> way we're highlight, with the players we're highlighting. Like I'm going to highlight, you know, Francis Molo for the dragons, Jaden Sewer for the dragons, some uh, Matthew Fagai. Can I just mention Matthew Fagai, who, in my opinion, an absolute prototype for a winger. He's big, he's fast, he's strong, he can defend, he can catch a high ball, and his positional play is so good. No one talks about how good this guy is, but I'm going to give him a massive rap, and hopefully on this international stage, the rest of the world can see it as well. And he's not even the best player in his family. Unfortunately, his brother is injured. Ma- Max being injured, yes. but you know, And Max is probably a prototype centre, 
Matt is a prototype winger. Uh, I think, well, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we were saying people are sort of sleeping on the Kiwis as a World Cup option. Well, if Samoa, you look at that team and that's without, you know, I think they're the biggest represented team in origin, obviously, other than Australia is yeah. Samoa. You look at like Luai and Brian Potter and Stephen Crichton and all these guys who can come back into that team. Um, big team of Pasu Malawi, he can come back, he's Samoa eligible as well. So, you know, I mean, it'll be a while before we know who everybody is going to play for, but Samoa could be as good as Tonga. And Tonga could be as good as anybody. Yeah, Samoa could be fantastic. And what's frightening about this Samoan team is it's not full strength. But they've got they've got an absolute gun side. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of deputants. We've mentioned probably half of them already. There's plenty of deputants here, so they're going to get that experience wearing the the blue and white. Um, it's going to be a massive day for them, and, and it's just going to be good. Like they they've got they've got depth, which is going to be great come World Cup time. Um, the Cook Islands, on the other hand, not as much NRO experience. I've I've probably expected them to have a stronger side, but. To be honest, there's there's not as many um, there's not as many names that are recognisable. I mean, you've got you've got um, the Masters brothers. You've actually got a lot of brothers here: the Iro brothers, the Masters brothers. I think there was probably three or four sets of brothers in this team, but yeah, not as strong on paper as um, as their cousins across the Pacific. Well, you know, they're going to have pride. Pride Patterson Rabati from the Warriors. He's going to be. <laughs> He's yet to make an NRL, uh, NRL debut, but he um, he regularly turns up in their team sheets. I think it's a great name. I wonder if there's any relation of TC Rabati because he has been playing for Brisbane, but he's not in this squad. Um, there is Brendan Paikura from uh, from the Broncos, Xavier Wilson from the Broncos, your very own Makahesi Makatoa, once a Featherstone, now Faramata, um, Tim Arona from Wakefield, he's going to play. So I think he's actually the only UK-based player who has flown over for this game. Off the top of my head, we haven't seen a lot of hair. Um, Mason Lino could have would have been eligible for Samoa and probably would have got in the squad. Um, but yeah, you are right. There's a couple of you know the Cook Islands is obviously I think there's only nineteen thousand people live in the Cook Islands, so it's quite difficult for them to have the same depth as anybody. Of course, but um, but you know there's a couple of names in there. Certainly Andy Gelling, you've played a lot of years in Super League. David Moali, he's looked pretty good off the bench for the Rabbits. I think he was actually called out of the. New South Wales 19s to play for the Cook Island senior team. Yeah, pretty sure he was named. And um, yeah, as you say, there's a couple of recognisable names in terms of having two Iro brothers in there, which is very old school Cook Islands, obviously from the Kevin era. Plus your dad's and coach, Tony so, era. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Irox. I, I have to say, I've never seen him. I think I've seen him actually. I think I've seen him play for Newtown. I've certainly seen him train a lot because I play touch footy at the same time that they train <laughs> on the on Henson Park. Um, but yeah, so there's actually four Newtown Jets players in this. So they would say the Cook Islands are the hipster choice. Um, the other one would have been Valentine Holmes, who you and I spoke earlier in the year, Mike, and we sort of said he was specials for this team come World Cup time. But the way he's playing for the Cowboys at the moment and the way he's playing it in origin, we may have been way off with that assessment. He could find himself in a kangaroos jersey. Oh, completely. And Jordan Rappiner, he's been picked for New Zealand as well. He would have, I, was, I would have thought would have been a shoe-in for the Cook Islands team as well as one of the sort of senior players. But he's currently uh, currently named in the New Zealand team. See, here so, we are bagging out Mal Meninga for trying to steal all the Islander boys for, for the Kangaroos. But, you know, New Zealand are doing it as well. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> And you see them are very unhappy about it in terms of, uh, I think they think that they lose more players than the Kangaroos do. or certainly have fewer players to lose, put it that way. Um, right, the final game will be PNG against Fiji. And this is going to be really, really tight, I think, because 
we'll start with PNG because I think they've got an interesting setup in the sense that they've got a couple of star players and they think of Alex Johnson, you know, top scorer in South history. He's going to play, obviously, uh, Justin Olin, Lachlan yeah. Lamb from the Roosters. But they have that core of players from the Hunters who play together every week, which yeah. is just something you can't really replicate at representative level. You've took the words out of my mouth there. Um, good, some good players there, some tough players as well. And, and those Hunters boys, they do play together regularly. Um, head coach is one of the Hunters assistants as well. So they're all, they're all very familiar with each other. But, mate, Mike, let's list some of these Fijian boys off because there's some there's some gun players here. I mean you've got Tui Kamakamika from the Storm, Viliame Kikau from, from the Penrith Panthers. Um, we've got Tane Milne who we all know. We've got Kevin Nakama who will be captaining them from the Roosters. You've got my boy Mr Ravalava, Michaeli Ravalava on the wing. We've got Mike Acevo, Mary's boy. Um, we've we've got Brandon Wakeham. We've got some gun players in this side and I just I, I look at it on paper and I just think Fiji, they they do have the stronger team, you know, r- reading them out loud. But can we go past Papua New Guinea with the, the Hunters connection? I'm not sure. I think this will probably be the closest game of the weekend, as it usually is. Yeah, I think this is going to be... I mean, firstly, I see I the floor to to Mary to talk about Mike Sivo's performance on the weekend. That was his first game back from a bad injury. I can't actually remember what it was, but he was, it was his first game of the year, and he was... Pretty bloody good, was he not? He was. I was still very angry at this team, Mike, following their loss the week before. But what brought me back to life was watching Mike Acevo down that touchline, the crowd chanting his name. To be honest, like, he absolutely dominated Joey Manu with that bend. And then, like, Sam Walker sort of almost did, like, the koala tackle, like, just hanging on for dear life. I loved every second of it. And I would be lying if I said I hadn't watched it on repeat maybe eight, nine, ten. Okay, 20 times 20 when I got times. home. It's great to see him back, Mary. And having um, Mika and Micah on the wings, Ravalava and Sivo, I mean, who Oof. are you kicking to? Who do you want running back at you? I, I'm just, I'm going to kick it out on the full every time. I don't I'd want to be running them. the other way. I'd be <laughs> running away. Uh, I'll tell you what as well. They've got, they've named in the centres, they've named, Isaac Lumi Lumi, who played for the Bulldogs, oh, second yeah. grade side, and he is just as just as strong. I don't, I'm not sure he's quite on the skill level of those yet, although he's a lot younger. But Christ, he's big and strong. Huate um, Karawalevu as well for the Roosters is another one. I think he came up through the Kaviti Silktail system. Um, he looks great, and hopefully he gets a chance out there as well. Yeah, I, you know, I think there's been a bit of a a rift between the Silk Tails and the Fijian team because there's a couple of names there's a couple of names in this Fiji team where like you know they've been pulled out of teams that I'd say I haven't heard of but obviously there's some teams in uh, like in Bush footy teams guys coming from France people coming from um, from Fiji I think from Fiji as well so and then I look at it and go well I'm sure there's this lads who played for the Silk Tails who I've, I've seen them relatively recently like two or three weeks ago and they're still pretty bloody good um, but I'm pretty sure someone someone told me there's a bit of a rift currently between the Silk Tails and the Fiji Rugby League, which just means that none of their lads have been selected, other than the ones who are in the Rooster system who are playing at the um, the Bears. Well, you, so yeah, you anyway, can't, so... you can't have any success at International Rugby League if there isn't a rift at some oh. stage. So this is it. For oh yeah, we Fiji. Li- <laughs> we led for a rift, and I think as well there's um, 
as as with Tonga, this is one where it's very heavy on outside backs and forwards, but could be a little bit weak in the halves. Like the what I've seen is got Kevin Nakama named as a six, which is uh, I'm not sure. But um, I know Brendan Waitman's played first grade NRL yeah, Brendan halfback Waitman this year. Be halfback for sure. Yeah, he's got a great try actually at the weekend. Little chip and run for himself. Okay, that is Pacific South action. I'm going to go right. I'm going to put you on the spot now. I'm going to make you tip what we have so far. Because that's yes. all the games that are going to happen. So, we're going to go back to the start. Uh, I'm not going to go for Lebanon, Malta, because we have no idea who's playing for Lebanon. Um, <laughs> but, right, Mary Kay, you can go first. Give me a winner from Women's Origin on Friday night. Oh... I'm going to go the Blues. I'm going to stay loyal. And I also wonder how the Queenslanders are going to go in the cold. Yeah, I'm going to go the Blues as well, Mike, just out of loyalty. I, like, it's hard to tip against Queensland. I think they're very strong. But, um, yeah, we're going to go the Blues. I think, go yeah, the blues. well, we can all say the Blues come out. We'll have to go for Queensland because you all said the Blues, even though I, I want the Blues to win. Um, in the interest of neutrality, I'm saying Queensland. Is that Jimmy, that Jimmy in the background? Sorry, everyone, that's Jimmy. Uh, my lunatic of a partner is contemplating going to Canberra and wearing shorts and Ugg boots and painting himself blue. So told him so, I told him he wouldn't need to paint himself, just stand there in the Canberra cold, so there'll be an ambulance on standby for both of us. I'll, I'll be watching so I can, just so I can see that. I'm sure they're going to cross to a blue Jimmy. And Mary Kay on the sidelines. Me like hanging my head in shame. For reference, Jimmy is an incredibly tall man as well. You'll definitely be able to see him on the coverage. (laughs) Um, Right. Kiwi Ferns v Tonga is the first game on Saturday. Who are we going for? You go first, Mary. I'm going to go for the Kiwi Ferns here. Um, I just think they've got far too much experience in that team to lose this game. Yeah, I think it'll be Kiwi Ferns by a lot. Yeah, I, I can't see. Look, there's a, quite a few players that are good on the Tonga team, but there's a lot of players who are very good on mm. the Kiwi team. I can't see any further than them. I think we could be in the same boat for Samoa against the Cookies. Uh, yeah, Samoa by a lot in that one as well. Agreed. It's a little bit boring that we're all tipping the same, but um, yeah, I, I'm going the same. Okay, well, I don't think we'll all tip the, tip the same for Fiji against PNG. Cabs, go for it. Uh, Fiji for mine. Too much NRL talent um, against PNG in this one. Mary? I'm also going to go Fiji. Can't possibly tip against my boy Mike Gasebo. <laughs> well, in honour of my friend, jo- well, all of our friends, Joanna Lester, who is the PNG media manager, I think the connections and cohesion of the PNG Hunters are going to lead PNG to victory. I'm going for PNG. Um, and did we do Kiwi? We didn't do Kiwi's Tonga. Kiwi's Tonga. I'm going to go for the Kiwis. I, 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 I'll be, I think I'll be backing Tonga. I just love watching them play, and I'm still on the 2017 tra- uh, train, but I think Kiwis are going to be way too strong. Mary. Oh, I think so too, but I'd really like to tip Tonga. Do it, Mary, otherwise we've picked all the same. You know what? I'm tipping Tonga. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I think everyone's just going to have a lovely afternoon. Yeah, um, it's going to be a draw. Uh, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for the, the winner. Well, in the words of Ray French, the winner of the day will be the game of rugby league. No, the winner of the day will be Jesus because everyone will be singing hymns the whole time. Yes. Um, also, be the winner will be whoever gets to do the hackers and gets it quickest on the Twitter because that will go crazy. And mm-hmm. um, I cannot wait for that. I think that's actually, I always think with these games, what I'm 
you know, rugby league is great, but like the whole point is that everyone brings their own cultural flavor, and that is, mm-hmm. I can't wait for the sippy tau, I can't wait for the Fijians singing after the game, I can't think, I can't wait for all that stuff. And yeah, I, but I think I think Tonga win. I, I've lo- I look at that Tonga team and I just think if they can get any sort of halfback combination, they've got better everybody else. So I'm gonna go for Tonga. Oh, um, they've got better everybody else. <laughs> that is the technical term. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've got Brian Smith's phone number. I'll ring him up and I'll ask. Um, right, games that have already happened. So this is my own personal addendum because it's very Northern Hemisphere dominant <laughs> and. Uh, so England's beat the Canas, as they called the uh, Combined Nations All Stars. Uh, unfortunately, England didn't do anything as boring as put the highlights on the internet, so I haven't seen it. They did win though. Uh, John Bateman was apparently very good. George Williams was apparently very good, despite being ranked rotten for Warrington. Uh, but we can't talk about it because uh, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you've probably already seen it, and if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you're in the same boat as me, um, and I haven't seen it. What I have seen is England v. France in the women's game. Yeah. It's all that which matters. Which was on before. And I, well, it is because it's a proper international and also because France obviously will be in the Women's World Cup, as will England. And I very much enjoyed it. It seemed like a really good game. I watched the long highlights. It seemed a very good game. Uh, I'll open the floor. I don't know if you've seen it, Mary, but uh, your favourite, Amy Hardcastle, was mm-hmm. very, very good. She was. Um, and also just very exciting to see Courtney Winfield Hill play. Um, many of you will know her from her career in women's cricket in the WBBL. Mm-hmm. She also played for the Sydney Roosters in the Nines a couple of years ago um, and is playing for England. So I can't wait to see her in October as well. And Mike, I think uh, she, yeah. L- Lorraine Beville from France, who we've had on the show before, Big T interviewed her probably about a year and a half ago. Um, I think she got player of the match and she was incredible. She was so good. She was so good. I, I have to say, I had never seen her play before, and she was unbelievable. There was one try where she, I think it was actually not something they didn't give it because France only scored once. Um, I think it was a good one. Maybe there was one try. It was an unbelievable try, and it, well, it didn't, they didn't give it. I think it was knocked on, but it would have been an unbelievable. Play. It was a great piece of play, and she was at the heart of it. She was really, really good. She's been playing for the Burley Bears before COVID. Yeah, she and had been trying to get to the NRLW. She had some Queensland Cup or Queensland experience, um, went home because of COVID, and, and she needs to come back. We've got four extra NRLW clubs now, Mary. I'd love to see a club or two pick up one of these ladies because it would be good to have some some more international flavour from Europe, and, and they both, you know, would I think would would mix it well with the, um, with the Aussie and Kiwi girls over here and the PNG girls. I'd love to see it too, Carbs, and I'm all about the expansion of the women's game. I just think it's so important that we get those pay conversations right. Um, I won't get this story absolutely right, but I understand that Charlotte Booth, who's also an England international, did come out to Australia wanting to play in the NRLW mm-hmm. and because of visa issues ended up picking fruit out in rural, um, rural New South Wales. So... I absolutely want them here, but we need to make sure that these women are appropriately supported so they're not living in financial insecurity when they're here or forced to go um, pick fruit, I suppose. Hey, get an Irish passport. You don't have to pick fruit. Well, certainly I didn't have to. Um, can I point out, I did promise you some ball-playing lock content. Jodie Cunningham, as mentioned, she played as a ball-playing lock on uh, in that game, and she was unbelievable. I think she set up three tries taking the ball to the line like a blonde Isaiah Yo from St. Ellen's. 
Oh, she's oh, I love that. Nice one. Yeah, she's she's a lovely woman. She does great stuff. She works for, for the World Cup as a development officer and is a gun player. I wish she uh, she actually Lauren Win uh, Lauren Winfield Hill Courtney Winfield Hill Lauren Winfield Hill is the cricket player. Um, whom she is married to. Courtney Winfield Hill made a good point. She was on the BBC Rugby League podcast last week, and what she said basically was, you know, they were talking about the expansion of Super League, and basically she was saying that the England team is split across too many, um, you know, because there's, there's fewer teams, there's more teams in there on the NRLW, but with a smaller player base, so yeah. it's sort of split too widely. And I think you don't see the best out of Jodie Cunningham almost because she's playing in a Saints team which habitually wins by quite a lot. France obviously were a pretty good team. They weren't terrible, and she looked so much better against better opposition. So I really hope that she brings that form to the World Cup because she's great. It's an uh, interesting point, Mike. Can I just jump in as well? Because I know for Amy Hardcastle, she was encouraged to join the Saints so that she could play alongside a lot of her England teammates. But the disadvantage, as you've rightfully pointed out, is that they don't necessarily come up against the strongest competition when they play. There was also uh, France beat Wales in a men's international. That was, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that it is, you know, I think it's about the time we've got this, it's about 10 a.m. in France and uh, they only played last night, so they haven't got the highlights up yet. But they won 34 10 against Wales. Uh, by all accounts, France are quite good, but Wales they haven't played a game for a long time for obvious reasons. So I'm sure they'll get better. They had a play from Rochdale on it, so, so they obviously win my heart. Um, I haven't got anything more to say about that. France are good. Wales need to play more games, but will play more games. Love seeing these two play, mate. It was probably low-key the game I was looking forward to the most. I didn't get a chance to watch it, so I am waiting for those highlights. But um, more France, more Wales against each other, against other home nations in Europe. Um, bring it on every year. Yep, definitely. They uh, Well, there's a couple of guys who played. You know, Elliot Kerr played for them. He's been playing for a long time. Reese yep. Williams played for them. Uh, Chester Butler played in the last World Cup. He's playing for them. So there were some good players out there. But you look at some of the French players. I mean, yeah, Morgan Esquerey, Artem Morgan, Ahad, Roman Navarra, Alex Mikoska, Julian the Bus Busquet, Chris, uh, Christopher Julian. He plays for Selic. Benjamin Julian, Ben Garcia, uh, Phil Yard. It was a pretty good French team. Like They were always going to well, be pretty strong. It's the first time we've seen a French team full of Super League players. you know. And obviously they've got two clubs in Super League now. I think there was about... I think it was about uh, 12 Catalans players, four Toulouse players, a couple of others as well. Um, and, and, you know, we can't discount that experience. It's gonna, they're going to do well leading into the World Cup. Will they be as strong as some of the, the Pacific nations we've mentioned here tonight? I don't think so, but they're getting closer. Yeah, and that was about Teo Fage, who is, you know, by a distance their best player and sort of the talisman yeah. of that team. Yeah. Um, or Altamog played at the halves, who has been playing fullback. Uh, but yeah, him and it's kind of annoying, really. They they're in a situation where Morg and Escare would be in their top sort of top five players, but they're basically exactly the same player, yeah. <laughs> so they can't play them both. <laughs> they should set up like a new tactical system with two fullbacks to make the most out of those two. Um, anyway, we are running out of time, but I don't know, Cabs, a couple of weeks old. But did you hear the big news of international rugby league results? It's Ireland versus Italy, right? It was. It was the Cabs Wood Derby. <laughs> In uh, Ireland's Ireland's women against uh, Italy's women, do you know how it finished? Yeah, of course it was the uh, the Irish Woods uh, thirty defeated the Italian Cubs as six. They did, they did. Paulini Ironoco, boo! Yeah, the girls in Irish. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Irish girls. Um, that's brilliant. 
good luck there. We're almost entirely from the Irish domestic comp as well. There was a couple, I think, from Featherstone. And, uh, but I'm pretty sure almost all of them were from the Irish domestic comp, which is great to see. I'm pretty sure that was also the case for Italy. Yes, I don't it think there would have been any yeah. heritage players. Yeah. can imagine Emma Tonagato being called into that one would be uh, like James Tedesco <laughs> getting called up for the men's team. Um, and not just because they're fullbacks, because they're very good. So, yeah, brilliant. Um, I'm so excited. You're, Mary, you're going on Friday. Are you going to call by Campbelltown on the way home? Can we convince you of that? Oh, I'm not coming home till Sunday, but Jimmy and I are very tempted, so maybe, just maybe. Cabs, I'll be working. I'm covering all three games. I'm going to do, I could be starting West's Campbelltown League Club for the oh, Kiwis well. against Tonga. Yeah. I know. It's not quite rugby league Vegas at Canterbury, but um, it's <laughs> lux- luxurious. Let's. Uh, I think it was described to me by our friends at Rugby League Digest as uh, they've gone from the more is more decor style. <laughs> <laughs> Too good, mate. Enjoy it. I'm still tossing a coin whether I go out to Campbelltown um, or if I stay at home, stay warm, have a few of the boys over and watch three games back-to-back on, on yeah. Sunday. Saturday, sorry. I realise it's hard, right? Because as a journalist, I will obviously I can go to the ground before it opens yeah. and just sit in and use it as a somewhere to steal the Wi-Fi and watch the first game. But I realise as a punter, if you want to watch, say, Fiji against PNG, the late game, then you're going to be four hours sat in the cold where I'll be sat inside, and then you probably miss the first game. So it's quite a hard one. That's the issue. Um, that first game, like I said, the pinnacle of rugby league, the the Kiwis versus Tonga. So I don't want to miss that. So, you know, I'm going to rug up. I'm going to do the opposite to, to what Jimmy's doing, Mary. I'll, I won't paint myself and I won't be outside in camera, so I'm smart. Um, but yeah, No, I, what you I should do, you should, you should watch the first game off the telly, tape the middle game, watch it later, and then turn up for the last game. There you go. <laughs> Not a bad idea, Mike. I might, I might try that there one. There you go. Mate, I'm an ideas man, that's what they call me Guys, speaking of ideas, I've got another one for you both um, Let's come back next week and, and review this thing and, and celebrate these matchups Sounds good to me, same time, same place Same time, same station Same back yeah. time, same back channel For those of us older, remember 16's Batman um, But I, you understand that I have to do, to do this I have to keep coming up with jokes about your names So I've only got a limited amount We should I'll, definitely um, do it then yeah, definitely. L- lucky there's only one international round in the middle of the year, Mike. So you, you, you're going to struggle during the World Cup, mate, when you're speaking to us more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary, is there, is there like some sort of uh, internationally famous HBO drama involving Greek organised crime that I could particularly turn to? I'm really disappointed that you would think that Greek people are involved in any sort of organised crime, Mike. So I will not be taking that question at all. And you should wait from this recording. <laughs> My big fat Greek wedding, Mike. Check it out. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's good. I'm going to have to watch that and uh, find a joke basement. All right. Oh, make Thanks. sure you do. Or you can just get married. Get Jimmy. Get married. I get to come to your wedding. Big fat Greek wedding. You, you better talk Australia to Jimmy about version. that one, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks so much, and have a great weekend in Canberra. Have a great weekend in Campbelltown to myself. Have a great, hopefully, weekend in Campbelltown to... Go uh... the Kiwis. Thanks for chasing kangaroos with me, guys. Angelaroos. Angelaroos. Oh, God. God, All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great... Have some great weekends, and we will um, catch up same time next week. Sounds good. I'm going to bed, guys. See you later. Bye, bye, bye. I'm already on my bed. Bye. (laughs)